Listener Production. Hi, it's me, Ursula Carlson. Thanks for joining me for That's Enough Already, where the stuff that shits me to death and lives rent-free in my head can now take space in your brain. If you have ever listened to this podcast, you have heard my next guest every time coming in and going out. It is Hayley Sproul because she sings the theme tune for this podcast. And I paid her for it fair and square. No matter what she says, I've got the receipts to prove it. What can I say about my friend, the marching girl, Hayley Sproul? She is kind. She is shy. She went to drama school, but she doesn't like to talk about it much. And in spite of all of that, she is absolutely smashing it and paving out a career for herself. She's the host of Have You Been Paying Attention New Zealand, which doesn't make her my boss, even though she acts like it. And I have to listen to her contractually. She works along Fletch and Bourne on Bricky Radio on ZM and has a room in her house that she keeps spare just for me in case I need to sleep over on a futon. You can follow Hayley on Instagram at Hayley Sproul and enjoy my chat with the only person that I felt comfortable sharing a microphone with during a global pandemic. It's my friend, Hayley Sproul. That's quite enough. Oh, just, just shut your mouth. I don't give a stuff. It shush, please. Uh-uh. Yes, I can hear. But I don't care, that's enough already. Shut up. Oh, shush. Hayley, this is professional. I, I'm trying to have a professional podcast here. Stop licking the microphone, please. I haven't cleaned it since I lent it to you. How are you? I'm good. You work in Breakfast Radio. I have to tell you, so last night I did um, the lady show up front. Oh, yeah. Geraldine Quinn was there. Oh, I love her. Geraldine Quinn said to me, she met you years ago. And then she goes, she said, I I can come and stay at her house when I come over for the French. I go, in 2014 would have been a shit time for you. But I said, but now she's got a nice house. So now when you go over, you should definitely hit her up and go stay with her. I go, well, give it a year or two till she has the pool in and then come and tour. So just so you know, house guests come in. If she had stayed with me in 2014, she would have been arriving in a damp Wellington flat in Newtown. And there would not be a guest room. Now, she can have a wing. You're on breakfast radio now. She's got that radio money. She goes, radio money. And then she, you could tell. She was like, oh, yeah, radio money. That's the dream, I guess, for anyone in the entertainment industry is to have something that is solid. That's like, oh, I'm getting money every week, like, like a normal human being, like an I know. adult. I didn't think I wanted that. I think that's the yeah. opposite of what I always thought I wanted. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Especially because I went to drama school and I like, was like in theatre circles. So it's like part of like having the hustle is like part of being cool. Yes. And now it's like when you got that regular money coming in, like it's very unrelatable. But personally, oh my God, yeah. like the, the weight of the world off my shoulders. Exactly. And you know what now is when you can sort of build that foundation and then say in five years where you go, no, I'm just going to go to well. I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want because I choose not to have children. I can do whatever I like at this point. Mm. Then. The house is paid off. Now I can just go hustle. I can, and it's still fun. You know, you can still have that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do think like, because I, I don't listen to the radio, obviously, because I'm, you know, um, old. But I do, I, I like to see all the little clips that you guys load up on Insta. And I like that you incorporate all your other stuff, like, you know, singing and all of that yeah. shit that you, you know do. That, and that was like part of my bargain to myself. Yeah, because you have to, you have to. If you have that creative thing, it is impossible to just get into a routine and go, I'm just going to do the same shit every day because your soul will die. Oh, absolutely. I can't picture you doing anything else. You know when people say like, what's your backup plan? Or like, if you weren't in the industry, what would you be doing? 
I'm dry. No, but you know, I find that offensive. It's like no one asks an accountant, what's your backup plan? Like, if, if, you know, like what? Oh, and also it's like, it's like keeping a horse in case your car breaks down. Yeah, absolutely. Why the fuck do you need a backup plan? Like, oh, uh, if, if, if something goes wrong, I'll fix it. Yeah. It's like people have this perception that if you're in the arts, you're sleeping on a futon. And you're, you know, they don't think it is real work. They don't think it's real work. They don't. And also they, the perception that if it's fun, it's not work. And I'm like, no, that's your no. problem. Like your problem is that you don't enjoy your job. That's your issue, not mine. Like just yeah. because I'm having fun doesn't mean it's not hard or we're not working yeah. hard. And especially yeah. like, you know, that feeling of the amount of energy, like adrenaline is so much fun. Like that's the crack of, of the job yeah. is the adrenaline hit. I love it. But man, it's it's so funny on your body. Eh? I was talking, I've been working with a nutritionist recently about um, poops. And uh, I said to her, I was like, you know what gets me moving? Adrenaline, performing, like doing something that makes me nervous. Your whole body's like, and like shitting itself. And then you're like, I need a wee. Yeah. I don't need to wee. Oh my God. And you're shaking. I get shooting pains in my hands. And then you go out and you have the highest high. And then, yeah, you come off stage eh? and you're like, <laughs> Nothing yeah. can bring it down. That's where people in our industry tend to drink because they're like, I got to dull this down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's just, it's insane. And like, I sleep three to four hours a night because of that, because I gig so much that when I'm on the road, I have to get sleeping tablets or I will literally run myself to ground because I go from one high energy thing to the next, to the next, to the next. Yeah. And it's like, well, fucking goodbye, regular <laughs> sleeping patterns because there's nothing, nothing can bring you down. So I, gotten into a rhythm like I come back to my Airbnb I'll cook dinner mm. I'll sit down and watch a documentary and then make a cup of tea and then go to sleep you know just or try have you ever had your um your cortisol levels tested before no what's that your stress hormone oh for years and years I was having all these like things in my body and Doctors would always be like, are you stressed? And because I really enjoy my job, I was like, no, 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 like not stressed at all. But adrenaline running through your body all the time shoots it right up and it messes with your body. And so when I finally got mine tested, it was like four times the normal amount. And she was like, your body's in stress, even though your mind and your heart are like super fulfilled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super happy about it. Yeah. Hey, we have not even brought up the fact that you are the one that sings the theme tune to this podcast. Oh my God, we haven't. No, you, you are the voice of this podcast. Everyone listens to it when we start, when we finish. I Just shut your mouth. That was, uh, I contracted you. Yeah. You did. People love it. You paid me fair and square. I know because you're in the arts. Yes. I am. But I always remember my first comedy fest show, first year out of drama school, $40,000. And I was backstage and it was at Bats Theatre in Wellington and my tech had like put a light in the back and like when it was time and the audience was all in and the doors were closed, he was going to turn on the light and I would enter and do this one hour, untested hour, like no idea whether it was funny or not. And I remember there was like a lighting rig and I was holding onto the pole because my legs couldn't stand and I was getting these shooting pains in my hand and all that was going through my head is like, why have you done this to yourself? Like you idiot, you stupid bitch. Why have you done this to yourself? You don't have to do this. If you just leave now, it'll all get sorted out. And I still, I mean, that was like over 10 years ago and I still get pretty bad before I perform. Yeah. I get that before every single show, whether it's my show, a TV show, uh, 
that's why I always go a bit quiet or I'll, I'll always be the last one to put my clothes on in, in the wardrobe at TV too. Because yeah. I sort of, I'll go, oh, just take a minute, just take a few deep breaths, put my shirt on and then I'll go out. How long does it take for you to pass though? Because mine's like first paragraph and then I'm flying. Yeah. Or first laugh. Yeah, first laugh. As soon as I get out, I feel like we're, I'm in this conversation with them. We're, we're weirdly in this relationship now, me and them. Um, and I feel like there's a, there's a certain camaraderie between us. I always say when I walk out and I look at the front row faces and I go, they are more afraid of me than I am of them. You know, we're sort of, because they're scared, I'm scared. And at the end of the day, we're just there to have a good time, you know. I know. That's the payoff. It's like we have the best job in the world. We get to take whatever week people have had and fuck, people have had weeks. Like I've had people, a guy come to my show once, sitting in front row, Adelaide, empty seat next to him. Now I know that seat shouldn't be empty. There wasn't a ticket available for weeks, right? I didn't say anything because I don't pick up my audience. Anyway, afterwards I go out, meet the audience. He goes, I go, oh, you were front row. You know, I always try. If I've seen them, I go, oh, you were front row. He goes, yeah. I was supposed to come with my dad. Um, we bought tickets together for Christmas. He goes, he died this morning. Oh, no, no, this morning. This morning he goes, and I just had this moment. He, he says, I, I thought, I can't come. And then he says, well, my dad was so looking forward to the show that he thought, I can't not come. Oh, my God, of course. He says, so I didn't bring anyone with me. I just went and left my dad's seat empty. That is so beautiful. Do you know, like yeah. a couple of years ago, I was having one of those moments where, you know, you'd look at people like surgeons or people that actually you feel are making a difference in the world. And you'd go, what am I doing? It's so stupid. It's so fickle. Theater, you know, comedy. What a laugh. What a waste of time. And then I was like, no, like the greatest thing you can do is like brighten someone's day. Is make them laugh. That's all I've ever wanted to do is make people laugh. Yeah. It brings them joy. It brings me joy for a moment. Yeah, and I mean, we can't all be fixing cars, you know, like some people need to drive them, some people need to sell them, some people need to clean them. We can't all have yeah. the same. And how many times do you get messages from people going, I've had the worst fucking week. I put you on YouTube. I laugh my ass off. I feel so much better. Thank you. All the time. All the time. You go, you make a difference. And I'm like, thank you. Like, it took me a few years to kind of go, because then even when I'd see those messages, I go, come on, stop it. Same. I was like, you're blowing smoke at my ass. I didn't really yeah. make an impact. Yeah. But now I'm starting to go, you know what? It's important. What we do is important. If I don't believe people who say thank you, then why am I still sending messages out? If I think I it's bullshit, why am I doing it? So, And that's also why I won't go on Cameo. Because I just think if people send me a message and go, hey, can you send a message to my brother or can you send a happy birthday to my mom or something? I'm like, yeah. It literally takes five seconds out of my life. I do it. And then your dad or whatever feels better. Yeah, for sure. Hey, so what would be your perfect job? Like if you go everything, if you had to combine everything, and it could be just what you're doing now, but if there was one thing, like to me, I think uh, I would like to be Oprah, new Oprah or new Ellen, but still tour two months of the year. Wow. Yeah. I think mine would be... Writing and being in my own films. Wow. That's what I want. Yeah. Do you know, and I will say this, it's not a secret, but I've been working on a film script about the world of marching yeah. for many, many years. And you would be an excellent coach in the 90s. Like in the 90s, marching coaches were all like hard women. 
that constantly had like a durry out the side inside the training hall. And she'd, you'd be like a little nine-year-old sitting there and she'd be like, with the cigarette like blowing into your mouth. That's your role. You know I was in the drill team at my school. I do know this. Because yeah. we live parallel lives. So I know all of the commands, but only in Afrikaans. That's okay. But it's like proper army drilling. It's not, you know, I don't know. What do you guys go? Go left, girls. What's the commands? <laughs> no, it's all the same military commands. It's just been slightly feminist. Oh, okay. Go left, girls. Go left, girls. <laughs> yeah, I just imagine there's someone in the back. All right, ladies. All right, left. ladies. Now we're just gonna we're gonna come to a slow pause here. Now stop it. Yeah. Look, 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 look. Hold if you like. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you feel like it. I don't want to tell you what to do, but we're going to stop <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Freedom of choice. Yeah. <laughs> it's a woman's world. Let me ask you, Hayley Sproul, uh, shits you to absolute death about other people. The one, like, trait in people I cannot digest is humorless people like and I don't mean people who aren't funny like that's fine Mm. not everyone can be funny in fact it's better for us that not everyone is funny praise be praise be but people who have no sense of humor and you meet them and I I I worry for them and I'm always like how do you get through life if you don't have humor and you are you lack the ability to laugh that's that's for me is like that's death that is death to me if you can't laugh every day and see the funny side of almost everything. It's frightening. Me and Chris Parker, years ago, we had a a duo show together in the comedy festival and we were uh, walking down Ponsonby Road in Auckland and we saw an actor that we knew uh, who was on Shortland Street and he was running and he was was running and this is the kind of guy, he was wearing those little running shoes that the toes are individually cut out. Oh, yuck, yes. Just to paint a picture. And he was like, oh, hi, guys. What are you guys doing? He said, oh, we're just like about to walk down to the theatre. We've got a, we're in the comedy festival. You could come and see it. We'll give you a ticket. And he goes, nah, comedy's not really my thing. And I was like, that doesn't make sense to me. You don't yeah. enjoy laughing. You don't enjoy someone tr- even trying to make you laugh. Yeah. Uh, I'm more of a drama guy. And I was like, you're a humorless piece of shit. And I yeah. don't, <laughs> I don't have time for that. I mean, you get political comedy, you get rage comedy, you get storytellers, you get musical comedy, you get magicians. How the fuck do you say this is a genre that doesn't appeal to me? Joy is not for me. And why do you go fuck yourself? <laughs> for me, laughter is quite painful. And I, ensure, I choose misery on a daily basis. Every time you laugh, your soul leaves your body a little bit. And uh, you, you hand over your power to the comedian and I'm just not prepared to do that. I was born miserable. I want to die miserable. Yeah. For me, like, it's not about even the ability to be light and playful, but like, if you're humorless, how do you handle death? How do you handle hardship? How do you handle meeting new people? How do you handle starting a new job? How do you handle anything? Because humor is like, not even... What makes you light? I know, you don't have to arrive with a joke, but the ability to like, hear one is helpful. (laughs) I can't even process it. I literally can't. It's like when you see someone litter or when you hear someone say yes. something super racist or homophobic and you go, I my brain can't even process the shit coming out of your mouth. I can't even do it. Yeah, that's how unbelievable it is to me too. Like, I don't like horror movies, but I'll, 
I'll still watch. Like if someone goes, this is a really good one. I'll go, oh, I'm going to fucking try it. I know, but you do, But the whole thing of watching a, a horror film is like, hey, watch this. You'll feel really scared and that's kind of fun. Like that's the thing with comedy is like, hey, watch this and, you, and you'll probably have a little bit of a laugh and that's really nice. The idea yeah. of ever just sort of closing off to that and being like, I don't know. That it shits me, man. And I feel like I meet them more and more. And, and they always pop up in unexpected places, these humorless people. And I'm like, you're dead. I'm afraid to tell you this, Hayley, but the older you get, the more you, you meet them. Yeah, like, I bet. There's nothing like, like old people or older people who have lost all humor. I'm like, Jesus Christ. They're the ones that pop off in the shop and you're like, you just chill the fuck out. You're yelling at a 15-year-old working a cash register. Yeah. Those are the people who can't take a laugh. It's the people who are being filmed on the internet going like, is this your property, sir? Is this your property? Yeah. You're like, mm, yeah. you're humorless. And what about you shits you today? Oh, God. So much. I reckon my, one thing that shits me a bit about me is like, I've, I'm not chill. I don't have much chill. You know, like people, I, I, lo- I love looking at people that are easygoing and like rolling with the punches. That's not me in any which way. And I think in lots of ways, it's really helpful being kind of like a high-functioning, anxious person who's constantly worried about what people think about them. That's really helpful in this job because you're constantly like aiming to please and like striving to get approval from whatever audience you're given. But in my daily life, I think I'm a little highly strung. Like I'm currently doing breathing therapy because... Same. Oh my God, Ursula, we're the same person. I should you not. I'm doing the same because I breathe like a cat, like high, yeah, high and fast. Yeah. And constantly like sighing or yawning or sucking yeah. in air because you're forgetting to breathe. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I now have to lie on the ground because while I'm doing my, my, my breathing exercises, I get sidetracked and I start doing other shit and I realize then my watch goes, you're not doing the breathing right because now I've had to set it so I can breathe more during yes. the day. But no, I've had a proper breathing coach and I've even had a physiotherapist send me some some breathing stuff. I'm doing the exact same. I've got a breathing physiotherapist that I'm working with. I cannot lie on the ground and try to calm myself down because I'm like, it, I could be doing so much else. So I have to be yeah. like listening to music, holding something, playing with something while lying on a Shakti mat, while something yeah. is rubbing my feet. Oh, the while Shakti mat has really changed my life too. Love it. Shakti all the way. Yeah. Because you're like, I'm a little bit in pain and that's distracting my brain from the boredom of um, trying to focus on my breathing. Can I tell you what has really helped me? Because, you know, we all just shoved stuff in the dishwasher and that's it. Something that I find very therapeutic and that I do my breathing exercises with is when I put soapy water in the sink and then I get my pots and that out that, you know, they go all dark at the bottom. Yes. And then I take like barkeeper's friend or whatever and I silver that up again. I clean that up. Oh. But just that, getting my hands in hot water, the foam, it takes about half an hour to do all of them and I do it at least once a week. I oh. just make sure all the, all the pots and stuff is fucking pristine at my house. And I just switch off. I don't listen to music or nothing. I'm just in the soapy water and just that. I love that. It is so good. Because my pots look like trash as well. So I love the idea of getting something done while you're also soothing. Yeah. And it's very rewarding to look at it and you go, holy shit. I had a a mum come over for a play date with the kids and just that, 
just sitting, watching the kids play. I'm like, oh my God, I wish I could do some other shit while this is happening. <laughs> and I said to her, hey, do you want to come inside? I'll show you something um, with the pots and pans. Oh, and she's God. like, okay. And no, and then I took her inside and I took out, I've got like three different things that I use. I, I put this one on first and then the, and then I go, now look at this. We just let that sit for five minutes. I go, but you don't even need it. And then I started cleaning. And we, she's like, oh my God, let me do one. It was so chill. We had the best fucking time. Oh, I was going to say, was she interested in this? Because some people you'd yeah. be like, hey, can I, can I take you inside and show you something? And she's hoping it's like a glass of rosé. And then you're like, here's how I clean my pots. Yeah. It was very rewarding for both of us. Come round, I'll pour you a glass of wine mm. and then I will show you how I do it and I'll let you do one. As we pot clean, you and I will be um, diaphragmatic breathing and just self-soothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And bring your Shakti mat. We'll lie on the carpet. Why don't we stand on the Shakti while we're doing hands in the sink? Oh, no, you're not, you're not sinking now. You don't want to put my weight standing on a Shakti. That thing will fucking go right through <laughs> I'm not Probably. Bruce Lee, bitch. have <laughs> perforated the skin. <laughs> Why is Ushla in a wheelchair? Well. <laughs> Turns out not everyone can stand on a Shakti, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Turns out the weight ratio to sharp ratio is quite fucking intense. We didn't work it out earlier? It's like, this is why I can't ski. Just velocity takes me down too fast. I mean... You could get into speed skiing, though, and then you've turned that into an asset. Mate, and an ass set. Yeah, that'll be. <laughs> Absolute set on dead ass. <laughs> dead ass be coming down that mountain. <laughs> dead set. Do you know, like, I mean, like, we're of the wrong generation. I say we, but, yeah. you know, we'd say dead ass. Do you know nowadays it's called a fat dumper? Oh, uh, I prefer dead ass. <laughs> fat dumper makes it sound like you don't wipe well. Fat dumper is what, like, the kids are calling it. You know, like, it's all about the booty these days. you got to get a fat dumper. Yeah, but look at the Kardashians. Like, there's no feeling in that ass. You can't pinch her ass. She won't know. You need feeling in your ass so you can smack a dude's hand away. Go, don't fucking touch my ass. Yeah. But a Kardashian, she can sit on a Shakti and not feel it. I was going to say she would sit on a Shakti and not even know about it. She went, this is a gorgeous feather down duvet I'm sitting on. Yeah, it's like, that's the hard Shakti. Dude, you've got a leak in your ass. <laughs> you, you were sitting on three screws. They have entered yeah, your flesh. Yeah. You have a puncture. <laughs> like, there's silicone all over the fucking mat. If you listen quietly, you can hear... <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of That's Enough Already, hosted by me, Ursula Carlson, and produced by Natalie Turner. The supervising producer was Nick McClure, and special thanks to Ella Leaf and Beck Sutherland. Couldn't do it without you, girls. If you like this podcast, remember to subscribe, share it with all of your friends, tell your mum, tell your sister, don't tell that annoying brother of yours, you know. But definitely share it with a friend. 